1: back second hour of the show hot mic with Hutton and Withrow on the Outkick Network Hutton will be back with us Monday I'm Chad Withrow we got Charlie Arnault with us from New York special guest co-host today and Outkick founder Clay Travis joins us right now by phone Clay let's start with this USA Today column on Sam Ponder calling her a bigot because she dared to back uh, women participating in sports against women and not having biological men interfere with it And ESPN has not come to Sam Ponder's defense in this the way they have with with other stories. What do you make of this story and this column involving Sam Ponder?
0: Um, First, I, I think you have to give credit to Sam Ponder for finally being fed up and speaking out for something that I think the vast majority of sports fans, male and female, would agree with her on. Uh, And certainly, Sage Steele at ESPN has been very outspoken. I know Charlie can speak way better than I can about the degree to which you feel kind of stultified and controlled by the culture that exists at ESPN. But the fact that they haven't said anything publicly at all to defend her in any way, and that yesterday they raised the gay pride trans flag over the entire Bristol campus, and have regularly featured advocacy for men participating in women's sports as a foundational element of the ESPN brand itself, such as labeling Leah thomas a woman's champion of the year, you know a a, a women's athlete to emulate uh, to me it is uh, it is indefensible it is evidence of why outkick is kicking ass and I don't think that it's going to go away anytime soon. I think that ESPN has made the clear choice to identify itself with the far left wing in this country.
1: Hey, Clay, what really bothers me about the column, just just fundamentally, and I see this all the time with things, when people try to dissect intention from someone and they don't base an argument with the merits of the argument they're, they're arguing against. And that's what the columnist at USA Today did in this day. She didn't... Attack what Sam Ponder was saying or have any good points on the other side of that. What she did was use Sam Ponder's tweets to say, I think Sam Ponder is masking bigotry by saying this. And Sam Ponder is a part of a side I don't agree with. So she now represents that side completely separate of what her argument actually was in the tweets. And this happens far too often. And I can't stand it. And that's all I read within that column.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I I think that's the reality. Right. Um, Ultimately, what you're being asked to do is speak out on things that, you know, to be fundamentally untrue and pretend that they are the truth. Right. That's what authoritarianism and totalitarianism often requires is a blind adherence to that which, you know, is false. There is a reason why men's and women's sports are separated. It is because men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. That is not sexist. That's biological, biological reality. Um, and if you only had a unisex, right, one sex competition, women, for instance, at the Olympics would win almost no medals. That's not because women athletes aren't trying as hard as they can. That's not because women athletes are not extremely skilled. It's because, again, biology is real and men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women. So when you, I mean, all you have to do is look at the photo of Riley Gaines standing next to uh, Aaliyah Thomas, and you will see that there is a big physical difference in their bodies. So all of this is crazy to me. Uh, You know, some women are stronger than some men, but... As a group, men are far stronger than women. It's not sexist that there is not a current NFL player who is female. It's because there aren't any women who are good enough, big, strong, and fast enough to play in the NFL. Um, and, and and so pretending that this is not the case, particularly if you work in sports, right? I, if you remember, there was an interview with John McEnroe like five or six years ago where he said that Serena, somebody said, why would you not? It was a CNN interviewer, I think. Uh, you know, John McEnroe, I think, said Serena is the best women's tennis player maybe of all time, and the interviewer said, why would you not say she's the best tennis player of all time? And, and he said, because she's not. She'd be like the 700th best yeah. men's player, and that's probably an exaggeration.
1: And I think and Serena Williams actually backed him on that and said, yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, basically. But
0: the woman who was interviewing him clearly had no idea. I have more sympathy for people who are not sports fans who don't understand the biological reality inherent. I mean, you coach eight year old, uh, uh, right. Like women's softball, right. Girls softball. Yeah. Uh, when, when kids are like eight or nine years old, I've coached like the best player we had on our 10 U team one year was a girl, right. Pre puberty. There can oftentimes be not that much difference in athletics between boys and girls. Then puberty hits and boys become a lot bigger, a lot stronger and a lot faster than women. And so if you're a sports fan, you understand that. I have more sympathy for people from outside the sports universe who just don't really spend any time on it. But for a USA Today female sports writer, she makes her living writing about sports. uh, To be this wrong is, frankly, to me, indefensible.
1: Charlie Arnott just pulled off a magic act uh, while we were talking with Clay. She has changed studios. She's got a mic in front of her now. She somehow pushing through with the pinched nerve in her neck she's she's doing it all clay today uh filling in for hunting she's doing a great job too charlie you're with us now right in the new studio she is muted right now so we'll we'll try to get charlie back here momentarily clay um you can see charlie there though we'll we'll get her unmuted here and, and she'll be able to talk to you and ask you some questions as well a lot of moving parts today uh, a lot of moving parts She's on the yet, show. By the way, oh.
0: let me give let me give some praise for Charlie, who I think is there now. What's
1: up, Charlie?
2: Hello, Clay.
1: There she is.
0: Go you ahead. You have been killing it for people who have not uh, seen Charlie yet. I- I've said this to her privately. I don't think I've said it publicly, but the first time she was on Fox News, I believe was on America's Newsroom. Um, you know, one of the morning shows, kind of at Fox News. The minute she finished her hit. Uh, I didn't even know the hit had happened. I was prepping for radio. <laughs> My phone blew up and I had six different producers from six different shows saying, hey, can we get Charlie's contact, please? And uh, she basically has been on television with Fox, I think, basically every day since then. So she's killing it. Um, so if you haven't met her yet, you're going to love her morning show for those people who are watching or listening to it now.
2: Thank you, Clay. I appreciate the praise. I will always accept compliments. I know there's a whole movement <laughs> of of women who don't like compliments from men anymore, but I am not one of those women. Okay i I will take any compliment from any man any day. So there's that. Um, but on the subject of what we were just talking about, Clay, and you, you know, you mentioned this USA Today, um, uh, author, journalist, whatever we want to call her, Nancy, who totally slammed Sam Ponder called her a bigot for just really standing up for women's sports. Um, You mentioned, you know, a lot of people maybe don't understand and, you know, but for someone like Nancy to not understand how big of a threat a transgender athlete would pose to female athletes. How does any woman or man in this world not realize that there's a biological advantage? Like, you would just have to be flat out stupid to not realize, unless you're just living in a fantasy world, that men... Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, unless it's some little twerp of a guy is going to be more dominant than a female.
0: Yeah. Particularly at the absolute extremes, right? Because we're talking about the top one or 2% of athletic specimens for both men and women, right? Uh, In order to be an elite uh, dominant athlete in either sport, you have to be a little bit of a unicorn in the first place. And that's, that, that, that's, I think the reality is, and this scares me in many different facets of life right now, um, your politics is basically, in many respects, requiring you to accept things that are fundamentally untrue. And so the cult of far left-wing woke ideology does not allow you, even if you're a sports writer and you know it to be untrue, to even engage in a debate. Uh, Withrow, to your point, There wasn't a debate on a scientific level with whether Sam Ponder's correct or not. I believe she is. But if you want to cite some sort of data that makes the case that this is not as big of an issue, that's fine. But what she did was immediately move from what Sam Ponder argued to that opinion cast you as a bigot, right? It isn't actually a debate on the issue. If I say uh, to you guys, hey, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win. Uh, the, uh, the Super Bowl next year for the Kansas City Chiefs again. And your immediate response to that is not, well, what about Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson? Like, hey, I can give you a bunch of different people in the AFC and the NFC that I think can give the Chiefs problems. But to say you're a bigot for that opinion, it's like, well, <laughs> that's not actually a debate. You're just personally attacking me. And I would always say if your response to a comment is a first direct personal attack, it probably is a function uh, uh, not of the actual opinion, but are you? But of you being a member of a cult, and I think the woke sports ideology is a cult. I think it has all the hallmarks of being a cult, um, and, and I think USA Today is one of the high temples of that cult.
1: Clay, when I hear that uh, John Morant, um, that there's new information that Adam Silver has. And because this new information, they know a lot more, but they're not going to release a length of suspension because they're not going to do it during the NBA Finals. That doesn't give me a lot of warm and fuzzy feelings about what's going to happen to Ja Morant. This seems bad when it's explained that way. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think Adam Silver's talking about, you know, we found out a lot of things that actually exonerates Ja, ja Morant from all this. this. This sounds much worse for him now. Did you take it the same way?
0: Yeah, and I'm sure Charlie probably at some point, and I know you certainly, Withrow, um, have been told by your parents, like, hey, this is a big deal, but first we're gonna go to your mom's birthday dinner or we're gonna go to your brother's <laughs> not today. graduation.
1: Not today. We're not getting but into this today. Just, we're gonna do something I else want, first. I don't even wanna deal this, with this. This you, gives you me succession
2: vibes. You all yes. watch succession, yeah. right? When oh, the yeah. when the personal assistant was like, Oh, I don't want to talk about it today, but he knew something bad was coming. Oh, yes. was
0: like,
1: yeah. Oh Jess. Yes, that's perfect. Jess, the personal yes. assistant to Kendall. Yep. Exactly. Yes. When you when, when you get
0: told, hey, this is a big deal, but something else is a big deal right now, and I just don't want to deal with you at this moment, it is uh it's great. And that succession scene is perfect because <laughs> I don't think this is that big of a spoiler, but it ends with Kendall being like, Of course you had to bring it up, Jess, on this day of <laughs> <Yeah>. all days. <laughs> And like, so he turns it on, uh, on her, but yeah, if I'm John ja Morant, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. This is like, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 back in the day, old school Southern, you know, like the, the psychological factor would be like, Hey, go break your own twitch off that tree. I'm about to, you know, whip your ass with it. It's not only, it's not only that you're getting the, the spanking, it's that old school Southern, they would make you go choose the own branch that you're going to get whipped by. Uh it's just uh it's not a good feeling. Um and so uh, I kind of feel like uh Adam Silver is is letting John ja Morant know the spank is coming and it ain't gonna be pretty. That was a long in the uh,
2: Italian households, it was the wooden spoon. Uh but I just have a quick oh, follow-up. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the wooden spoon, it was it was deadly. Uh, but John ja Morant has to realize that whatever's coming to him is honestly, it's deserved. I mean, what what kind of a, a lesson did he, you know, he explained that he learned. And then he goes and does the same thing, and and for what? I mean, what what did you gain out of that? A couple extra views on your video? I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, and even his friend, like in the video, was like, uh, you know, you idiot, put down your gun. Like, why did you bring it out for a live Instagram? I saw a bunch of funny memes where uh, people were like, you know, do you remember back in the day? Uh, I think it was uh, uh, was it Predator when, like, Sylvester, I mean, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets all of his gear ready, like, for the fight against the Predator, but, like, loads up with every different weapon he has. And somebody had just clipped that scene from the movie Predator, and they're like, you know, jaw every time somebody's about to go live. (laughs) (laughs) on
1: Instagram. He's got the full arsenal, and he's he's all up with everything. I know exactly the clip you're talking about.
0: He's he's pulling out the the knife out of the (laughs) sheath. He's got the, you know, guns in every different pocket imaginable, you know. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I actually think I mean, I believe Josh 23, if I'm not mistaken, um, I, I, I feel like the gun is a symptom uh, of overall his inability to just make good choices in his life right now. Um, and I'm not as troubled so much by the gun necessarily as I am in the same way I would as a parent. You hope that your kids don't make the same mistakes over and over again, right? Uh, that's kind of the goal. And that's one of the most frustrating things about being a parent is not just when your kids act up, but you're like, I j- we just, I'm mean, not like dad now. We just talked about why you can't do this. How do you have to do it again? And usually for me, it's followed by, and do you know who's going to get blamed for this <laughs> by your mom?
3: <laughs> me, mm-hmm. I'm going to
0: get blamed for it. You get me yelled at by mom, I'm mad at you because I get blamed every time you knuckleheads do something stupid as if somehow I'm the cause of it. Um, and so uh, that, that's kind of the way that I feel about Ja in, uh, in general.
1: True story, Clay. My uh, eight, now eight-year-old daughter, I let her watch A League of Their Own. Not not the new version, but the original, you know, Dottie Henson, Tom Hanks' Jimmy Dugan version. And I told her there's some language in it with Jimmy Dugan A lot of holy obscenities. There are cuss words in it. I said, if you are mature enough to handle it and not repeat the words, we can keep watching movies like this. My daughter watches this movie on repeat (laughs) and then tells my wife, her mother, one day that when she's made to do chores, she goes into her room and says the things that Tom Hanks' Jimmy Dugan says to the players into a pillow over and over. And now she can't watch it anymore <laughs> and I had to have the conversation. I said, "Look, I told you if the, first off, don't rat yourself out to your mother. Yeah, Second, no if kidding. you can't handle it and not repeat the words in it, then we're going to have to stop watching movies like this." I still let her watch the Sandlot last night though, even even after all that. I'll
0: tell you I'll tell you what uh, I, I will say. I, I like the fact that her conscience is such that she told on herself, and uh, I would imagine you know you'll really care about that when she gets to be a teenager. As my uh, as my uh, father in law says, she like takes after her mom kids, with yeah.
1: that. That that was not a move that I'd ever yeah. uh, that, that I'd ever execute. Yeah. That's more of the, a mom move. Turning yeah. turning yourself in, right? Uh, yeah. My father in law likes to
0: say that kids are you know when kids are young they have lots of small problems. Uh, but as they get older, the problems become way less, but they get way bigger. Um, and, uh, and I've seen that to be true now that I got at least one teenager. Clay, we've got my
2: favorite. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Real quick. My favorite thing to do is, you know, obviously the, the lies that I told are now many years in the past, but I love when I think of something, I'm like, Hey mom, remember that one time that I said I was doing X while I was actually doing X and my mom's like, Charlie, how could you lie? I mean, and I'm like, because you wouldn't have let me do it. It's so funny, yeah. though. I yeah, love that 100%. she and that's her where, little angel wasn't so angelic after all.
0: Well, you know, kids are going to have to get smarter, too, now, because they all have tracked my phone now, right? Ah, so, like, yes. they're all getting smart. Oh, my phone died. Oh, they're leaving their phones different places. Ah. So, mom and dad can't tell where they are going. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, like the... They're way smarter than uh, than we are, and probably there are apps that you can download that allow you to change your location. Oh yeah, like I block block
2: your movements. Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. So I don't know how all that stuff works. I can barely, uh, I can barely send an email. But, uh, but I definitely think that uh, my kids have outsmarted me there.
1: Meanwhile, Clay, when you and I were in uh, high school, we could have been out of state, and our parents never would have known. There was no way to track. Nothing going on. We could have done anything oh, we was, wanted.
0: I was, I was joking about this the other day. When I was in fifth grade, I rode the bus home, um, got off, walked like I don't know. It felt like a half a mile at least to my house. Uh, and nobody, nobody was home. So my mom and dad worked, and my sister was still in elementary school. And and I was thinking about it. And my mom was like, "Hey, we got to make sure you're okay on this walk home and going into the house by yourself for several hours and everything else." She gave me like, and you, Charlie, you may have had this too. This certainly generational on some level. She gave me a spray can of mace, uh, <laughs> wow. and that was like, "Oh, this is gonna this is gonna protect me on the keychain, right?" Yeah. And I'm thinking now what my wife would say if I was ever like, oh, he'll be fine. We'll just get him a spray can of mace in case, in case somebody tries to do anything to him. And yet it was perfectly normal. You know, I'd go home and I would call my mom and I'd be like, hey, I'm here. And then, you know, three hours later, they would get home. And, you know, thankfully, I never had to use the base, But yeah, like, oh, yeah. I think my wife would divorce me on the spot if I was like, yeah, the kids will be fine. Like, we'll just give them a can of mace. And if anybody <laughs> comes after them, they just spray them.
1: See, Clay, I'm seeing wow. that scene from Predator again, that clip. taking out. They're just arming your son the whole time Or you're, you're being armed yeah. that way, like an 80s action movie because you had to walk a half a mile from the bus stop to your house. I mean, the whole latchkey kid yeah. thing was a real thing. Uh, during our childhood oh, no there was a lot of times we just raised ourselves with no real guidance at least that was that was my experience by the way happy <laughs> birthday dad uh it's my dad's birthday yes yeah. so i completely wrapped them out <laughs> as being oh my gosh, uh, happy birthday. absentee parents no they weren't i promise clay travis is no absentee parent and he's a great guest with us every week as well clay really appreciate it man we'll talk to you again next week
0: all right great keep up the good work charlie and obviously keep rolling with rope i'll see y'all thank right, you see you, see you
1: soon Uh, John McLean, we're going to keep on rolling. We're going to talk some NFL with the legend, Pro Football Hall of Famer John McLean, coming up next. It's Hot Mike with Hutton Whitrow.
3: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get
1: all their jobs done well. We're back. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. I'm Chad Withrow. Hutton will be back on Monday. He's off enjoying a vacation day, having a drink somewhere probably. Charlie Arnault powering through. Got a pinch nerve in her neck, not letting it slow her down. Doing a great job with us, co-hosting today from up in New York City. John McClain, Hall of Famer. He's in our personal Hall of Fame. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One of the very best covering the NFL. John joins us from Houston, Texans, Texas right now. John, how are you?
2: I'm great, Chad. Lack. Charlie, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's nice to meet you.
4: Nice to meet you.
1: So, John, speaking of Houston, um, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, In his landing spot. Houston is one team reported to be interested. Is that a possibility? Uh, You're already shaking your head no on that one. Where do you think he should end up? What makes the most sense for DeAndre Hopkins if Houston is not an option?
4: Now, does he want to play for a loser? Two weeks ago, he did a podcast in which he laid out four teams with four great quarterbacks. All were Super Bowl contenders. Then he hires an agent and right after he hires that agent, stories are leaked that Houston, he wants to come back to Houston. They're not interested. And why in the world would he want to end his career with a team that is in the third year of a rebuild? And if they win six games, that'll be good. He's just coming off a terrible team. He's been hurt the last two years. He's had the six-game suspension. He had not had a great year since 2020. Texas don't need two 31-year-old Receivers. They've got young guys that need to play. Deshaun Watson is lobbying for him like crazy to be reunited with him. He's played his whole career in Houston and Arizona. So I don't know if playing on Lake Erie would would matter to him because he's been in some really bad weather games there or Buffalo. If he's smart and he is smart and he's made a lot of money, he's not married, he'll let money be a second issue he'll call Andy Reid and say, Andy, I'd love to come play with you and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes and have a chance to go to the Super Bowl legitimately for the first time in my career. If not them, maybe maybe uh, Buffalo. But don't rule out Deshaun Watson. Those two were really close. And the Browns have given Watson multiple receivers this offseason. And if he wants Watson bad enough, too bad he can't contribute a little at $230 million guaranteed it'd be a violation of the salary cap, but they've done everything Watson wants up to this point. So I'm going to guess Cleveland.
1: Well, John, you would know better than anyone else, and I wanted to ask you about the personal relationship with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. You're saying it's very good. I look at the Browns and think of them as kind of a forgotten team in the AFC. With all the talk about Deshaun Watson last offseason, we haven't had that much talk this offseason. If this move were to happen... What does that do for the Browns' offense, and how much more are we hyping them and talking about them going into the season if there's a reunion with Hopkins and Watson?
4: I think people are going to hype them; they're going to overhype them. But they've added a lot of receivers, including Cedric Tillman. Uh, they traded for the kid with the Jets, and they have uh, Donovan Peoples and uh, Marty Cooper as the starters. They have talented wide receiver, but if the, if at 31, and he turns 31 on Tuesday, if he could play the way he did in 2020, he'd still be a great receiver. But the last two years, he's been hurt twice and missed games, and he's had that suspension. And I'm sure he's got a lot to prove. Wherever he goes, he'll feel rejuvenated. And I think that uh, knowing the relationship that he and Watson had, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up there. I don't think anybody's going to pick them all all of a sudden to beat out Baltimore and uh Cincinnati in that division, but they might pick him ahead of Pittsburgh, although I wouldn't count out Mike Tomlin because he's such a great coach. But wherever he goes, if it's to a team that has a chance to go to the Super Bowl, it would seem to enhance their chances.
2: All right, well, we know that we are going to be seeing uh, at least one change that we know for sure as of a few days ago, the fair catch rule. Uh, they're doing a one-year trial. And uh, that's that, you know, the ball is fair game to be caught fairly inside the 25-yard line. And then you get to start the ball off at the 25-yard line. And a lot of people, you know, like the idea of having a little extra, you know, yards already on their side. But a lot of people are like, this takes out of the fun of the game. We're going to have less returns. The game's getting less exciting. What are your thoughts? You think it's fair or you think it's foul?
4: I think the criticism of it is foul because Rich McKay, the Falcons president, who is chairman of the competition committee. And Rich McKay said these rules they make changes on are based on numbers. I've seen guys get paralyzed on kickoffs, watching the old wedge busters run down the field and turn flips when they're trying to break up multiple players was exciting. Watching 100-yard kickoffs returns turns were exciting. I kind of like the way the XFL did it when the two, two teams get right up on top of each other five yards away to prevent those monster collisions. And the coaches don't like it. It was interesting when uh, they were at the league meetings in March and I was there, they didn't have enough votes to get it passed. So they tabled it. And it was funny because uh, Roger Goodell wanted it passed. So he took them into an executive session where it's only the owners, no coaches and the owners passed it. And so Mm. I think it'll be on a one-year trial basis. And their chance they'll they'll get rid of this format, do something else in two thousand twenty four.
2: Okay, uh, another rumor that we just caught wind of recently is that there was the possibility of Russell Wilson going to Philly for the twenty twenty two season rather than landing where he currently is in Denver. Uh, it's kind of wild to think about because <laughs> the Eagles really lucked out by Russell not wanting to go play for them. What did you think about that when you heard about it?
4: Well, it reminds me of the Eagles were the first team to try to trade for Deshaun Watson. Watson exercised his no-trade clause and said, no thanks, he didn't want to go play in Philadelphia. And so they didn't know what they had in Jalen Hurts. So they were iffy. And and so it didn't surprise me when I read that report by Doug Farah that uh, they had tried with Wilson. And sometimes the deals are the best ones you don't make. And in this instance with Josh Watson and Russell Wilson, based on what we know now about them and Jalen Hurts, they sure made the right move by those guys turning them down. John, Absolutely.
1: Speaking of not knowing, you know, what you have, uh, the Raiders with Jimmy Garoppolo and that contract mm-hmm. where if he can't pass the physical, he's out. They're 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 not gonna pay him anything. Um I look at the Raiders and saw them in the seventh overall pick and think that's a team that's ripe to go after a young quarterback. They didn't do it. What do you make of where they are right now with the quarterback situation and Josh McDaniels running that team?
4: I don't know why Garoppolo didn't have that surgery last year. He would have been okay by now. You always worry about a guy who has an injury and an operation like that, especially since late time. But they turn that signing bonus into base salary. and You have to make the team to get your base salary. I think it'll be 22 million. Josh McDaniel says they're not worried about it. Well, of course he's going to say that. And if something happens and he can't pass the physical, what they should do is leak. Well, we knew it all along. We're playing Brian Hoyer because we want to finish really bad and have a chance next year. Caleb William or Drake may
1: is, um, Well, we know now, John, that officially Tom Brady had to come back out in the podcast and say, I've said it before, I'm not playing, again, not playing with the Raiders. He did talk about um, the Fox deal. He talked about ownership stake in the Raiders also. Um, Do you feel like it's all headed in that direction, a small minority stake in the Raiders organization, television with Fox, or is this going to take another turn with Tom Brady? Kind of
4: like right now, I'm thinking he's thinking he's done. You know, he's taking a gap year. Most people thought it's just because he wanted to take off a year from football. It could be because he's waiting to see what happens. Rick Stroud, who does a great job covering the Buccaneers for years for the Tampa Times, I heard him two days ago saying the perfect situation would be Miami. You know, in SEC country, Tuatonga Loa has been hurt every year. He's played football. So the odds are he's gonna get hurt again. Well, Brady's kids are in Miami and be right there, it'd be as Rick Stroud said, that would be the perfect situation for him. He wouldn't see him going anywhere else, but if in November December, they're a Super Bowl contender with all that offensive talent, they have a wide receiver, and Rick said, I'll guarantee you Brady's going to be throwing the football somewhere. Not going to tell people, of course, staying in shape just in case. Now, the odds are, you know, maybe it's not going to happen. I think the odds are good. is going to get hurt unless he can stay healthy for the first time. But I think un- until we see Brady not do it for a season, there's always going to be the speculation. So, John, I know I one- would
2: be shocked if he came back. Shocked. I would be, too.
1: Yeah, uh, that that would be something for a second go-around also. Yeah. Um, King of a New third York. go
2: around. Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, third third go around after after uh, <laughs> yeah retiring before. John King of New York, Aaron Rodgers uh, with the Jets. What 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 do you make of of uh, a Rod coming in, taking to the city? He's at Taylor Swift concerts at MetLife Stadium. Uh, you know, he's he's third out there hanging the out with, with Hollywood types, doing all these different things. John, what do what do you think of Aaron Rodgers now? He's taken to that Jets organization and the city.
4: I think he's being very smart. He's a very smart guy. He can get away with anything in Green Bay. Can't get away with anything in New York, so he's doing what he's supposed to, hanging out with his buddy Miles Teller, going to concerts, and we haven't seen anybody new that he's dating yet. You know when he does, it's going to be front page. It'll be all over social media because every breath he takes is going to be well-documented. Now he's just got to play well. Tough division. I'm going to pick them to finish third. It wouldn't surprise me. If I don't think New England would be last, I think Miami would be second the Jets third. All three of them could make the playoffs, but he's been very wise about it. And uh, he should be. You're turning 40 years old. You're getting paid the kind of money he is. He's got a lot to prove after the way he left Green Bay.
1: John McClain, one of the very best, talking NFL with us every week here on the show. He's a Hall of Famer. He's in our show's Hall of Fame. He's in multiple Hall of Fames in the state of Texas the pro football hall of fame as well john thanks so much always appreciate you, it we'll talk to you again next week
4: charlie chad like it's my pleasure thank you guys have a great rest of the week you too a
1: lot of sports business talk today on the show we'll get into a little bit there's more a lot, of that. there's a
2: lot of business going on in sports and a lot of sports going on in business
1: business is booming business is good business right is now booming. and uh, uh if-
2: speaking of what was i uh someone dropped a little tidbit Oh, um, someone was joking around. We were talking about broadcasting deals that Antonio Brown like wanted to get in, in a broadcasting booth. And I was like, you know, as entertaining as that could be, solid chance he doesn't show up past the first week of work. So that would get a little dicey.
1: Yeah, I, I can't see Antonio Brown be on anything that's uh, edited in any way <laughs> if he's a part of the media. That's re- maybe maybe he'll be the replacement for Shannon Sharp, and he'll do battle with Skip Bayless every day. Could maybe you? That's what's oh my gosh! Could Brown. you imagine? It would be something would. else. <laughs> um, a lot going on with Barstool Sports also, and Dave Portnoy, and there's a story we're going to get into when we come back involving that about the possible future with Penn Gaming and with Dave Portnoy and what's next for him, what's next for Barstool. We'll get into that more when we come back. It's Hot Mike with Huntin' and Whitbrook. We're back, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow on the Outkick Network. Chad Withrow with Charlie Arnault, our special guest co-host today, doing terrific work. She's special in New Special
2: being the key word there. Oh,
1: very, very special. That—that uh, that is. W- when would we ever remove the special co-host? Like, when are you just a guest co-host, or will special? Always be in front of that title, Charlie. Which, which would you prefer?
2: You know what? You know what? Now that you, you asked the question, it should be removed and only reserved for the people that are truly special, like myself. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think we throw it in there just, you know, to be kind. Special. Boost a little self-esteem boost to start each segment.
1: Special guest co-host, Charlie Arnault, with us today oh. on this Friday. Although I
2: would also call Joe Biden special, but I would have a different meaning behind it.
1: That was a tough fall. That was a tough fall yeah. he took uh, yesterday. That was that was tough. The worst you know, part what, about like the fall, back. it wasn't the fall. Like his, it looked like his knee locked up when he turned to walk. And the worst part of it was having to be picked up by the people y- around yeah. him. Like he was ha- like physically lifted back into the air. There wasn't, you know. And look, I, if I fall at that age, I probably break a hip. So at least he didn't break a hip. But he had to be uh, immediately assisted back to his feet.
2: But. But this is not, there could be a whole montage of his falls at this point. I mean, we could, we could set it to some music and make a pretty good TikTok video. Uh, I mean, I give it, I give it to him. Sometimes you trip over yourself, you fall, but this is so common that it just, it's just like, you want to hit yourself in the head and say, what are we doing here? There's a, how in the world could this guy ever even consider running for a second term? But you know,
1: but here we are. are. I
2: am not the one making those decisions.
1: So, um, Dave Portnoy's not the ones making the decision anymore either with Barstool. It's so clearly you know. Pin Gaming. Uh, he's got no real say because he and Eric and Nardini both went to bat for Mincy Ben Mintz, who we had on the show earlier this week, uh, to not be fired. How was he?
2: How he, was he when he, you met him? He
1: was good. Very, very nice guy. Very, very positive. I mean, it's you know, it, it's a shtick, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what yeah. he is. No. It's a sticky type guy. You know, the Southern kind of loudmouth dude when, when he's talking about sports, but I found him to be pleasant uh, on the show and seemed to be pretty genuine. Um, but Dave Portnoy, Charlie had to come out and say, you know, we're, we're not run by some, you know, uh, corporate overlords that we don't like. I, I have no issues Vocal with
2: overlords. Them. I think he said,
1: yeah. Right. So he's saying that that's not the case. And I, I have a hard time believing him that it's not the case after what went down and then him hiring mincy for his own company brick watches after pen gaming fired him
2: yeah you know i think he probably said that because when you look at a lot of barstools content they still do push the envelope much further than most traditional media corporations so i think maybe that's what he's referring to is them not being these woke overlords because they still let them pretty much do their thing uh without any real restrictions uh, but the Ben Mintz thing did give us a glimpse, though, as to where the heads are of Penn Gaming, uh, because, you know, their explanation for it was, well, we don't want to lose out on our, you know, our sponsorship deals or, you know, when it comes to the gambling, there's could be restrictions put into place. We don't want to run into any of those. So they just decided to cut their losses and let go of Mincy, which obviously we saw with Dave Portnoy was beside himself about because... This goes against the very principle that he founded Barstool on, and uh, similar to OutKick, right? You know, OutKick, there's the idea that cancel culture doesn't exist here, and I find it hard to believe that as someone did that on OutKick's air, an employee, uh, in the same fashion that Mincy did, it, solely reading a lyric out of just pure mistake. You know, it, it, you're not you're not trying to offend anybody. You're not trying to... Say any type of horrible slur. It was a simple mistake. He was reading a Bone Thugs and Harmony lyric. Uh, I don't think at Outkick you would find the same outcome that you did at Barstool, but you know, it just goes to show how scared people are these days of backlash for any little thing that someone might do.
1: Well, and I think there's a lot of similarities here to other stories also. And look, like uh, Outkick. You know, Clay Travis doesn't call the shots. You know, he sold he sold the company to someone else, right. and now other people call the shots. So, Dave Portnoy in a very similar situation right now at Barstool as the founder and figurehead, but not necessarily the shot caller and the decision maker and the final decision maker on on all things. And this this happens all the time in media. Charlie, I'm interested in your situation. Now, you you work directly now for UFC, is that correct? And not not with ESPN. So, how is. No, definitely definitely not
2: with ESPN. (laughs) But
1: with UFC, like that is one that, you know, everything that goes on at ESPN, UFC seems to be separate of all of it because of their deal with ESPN at times. And is that because they have ownership and it's more of a third party contractor type situation with UFC and ESPN?
2: It's a a broadcast partner. ESPN is UFC's current broadcast partner. And and I, I think that deal is in place. I want to say through 24 or 25, I think it might be 24. Um, But then, you know, it's all about money. Who brings the most money to the table? Is it going to be Fox? Is it going to be ESPN? Is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Amazon? You know, it's it's like you see um, Amazon took over Thursday Night Football because they had the money and they were willing to shell it out to get the product. That's the position UFC's in, so it's not like they have any loyalty to ESPN or their values align so greatly with ESPN. But that's their broadcast partner for now, and uh, that's why you find UFC's product exclusively on ESPN Plus and ESPN.
1: Yes, and so I wanted to get get into that also because the, the uh, not just not just McAfee right? So that that's going over there now. I think Jamel Hill's a good example. So Jamel Hill never got in trouble for um, all the things she said about Donald Trump, even after ESPN said, let's maybe cut back on the politics a little bit. Didn't get in trouble for that, but got in a lot of trouble for what? Calling out the NFL when she was told mm-hmm. not to, because the NFL is a big partner of Disney ESPN, obviously. Um, that, to me, is the slippery slope of all of this with let's talk about a sole proprietor in Pat McAfee before he went to ESPN he was controlling his product all of his content he was controlling the delivery through YouTube he was employing his guys to be a part of it well now going to ESPN it's one where if he's overly critical of the NFL or any league the NBA let's say that's a big partner of of ESPN I feel like that's where some problems could arise Am, am I wrong in thinking that
2: no, I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, like we said before, I think right now off the bat, they're going to give him a little long But I think once he's more ingrained in the culture, there's going to be some talks that are had. And I think they're going to say, listen, you know, you you really, you know, we had someone reach out to us to, to talk about your comments you made about this. Like, can you scale it back? And it's, you know, that's that's not part of the deal. Like the deal here is Pat McAfee gets to operate his exact same show as is but on ESPN's airwaves but I just do not see how that is going to work out long term there are so many subjects that Pat McAfee talks about that really push it and it's great that's why he has such a loyal fan base but long term ESPN when they're looking to hold on to certain advertisers they're looking to push certain agendas whether it be their own whether it be Disney's there's going to be a lot of disagreement in that area.
1: So another group that's got a long-standing relationship with ESPN, the Manning family, and all their content on ESPN Plus.
2: Love the Mannings.
1: It's a gift that keeps on giving. The the sense you know, of humor of that family.
2: Do you know that when I was a kid, I used to trick or treat at Peyton Manning's house? Really?
1: And yeah. That, well, you're from Indianapolis, so that I'm that would from make Indianapolis.
2: Sense. My best was he friend. ever there? Um, you know what? Who would answer the door? Think, that, that would be the question. He I don't think was one. Ask. I think I think it was his wife. I think it was his wife. I don't think it was him. Um, but my best friend lived just doors down from them, and it was it was very interesting because Peyton Manning's home. It was beautiful, but no gate. Uh, you could just walk man down the, the driveway.
1: Man of the people. is what I'm hearing. Yeah, He's man, a man of the people.
2: Man of the people. Exactly. And um, yeah, they gave out king size bars, so I was. I was always happy to hit that house.
1: Those are always the best houses. So, men of the people are the the Manning family because Cooper Manning told an amazing story at a speaking engagement with Peyton where he was confused for Peyton Manning while Peyton was in college at Tennessee. The night before a game against Kentucky, he's out at a bar drinking, partying, and a fan was very upset, went to taunt Peyton about being out the night before a game drinking, and instead of Cooper Manning correcting the guy... He said, well, it's just Kentucky anyway, so who cares? And I think uh, Tennessee beat Kentucky by about 46 points each time they played in Knoxville in his career. But this is a, another great example, Charlie, of the sense of humor of that family. And it sounds like people who wouldn't have a gate out on, uh, on Halloween and, and would give out king size candy bars to everyone.
2: Yeah, and that's why they're so entertaining when you watch the simulcasts during NFL games on ESPN, you know, they just have so many stories and obviously being brothers, they just can relate to so many different things and they can give each other crap about different things. Uh, They're, they're just so entertaining. And I also love, remember the uh, segments Eli did, he did a couple where he disguised himself as a, um, a guy trying out (laughs) for a team. And then next thing you know, he's like, Oh, here I am, it's Eli Manning. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure his name is Everyth-
1: Chad Powers. So he took my yes. name and went with yes. Chad Powers as the fake guy. It uh, was recruit. Chad Powers. Yep.
2: Yeah. So I mean everything that family does is very entertaining. I love the Mannings.
1: Kenny Powers also. And also, character. like
2: just talk about you know, not just from a personality standpoint, but from an athletic standpoint. I don't know what has Cooper accomplished. I am actually not. Well-versed on his athletic background. Well,
1: he played wide right receiver at Ole Miss and had a bad, speaking of your neck, had a bad spinal injury. Aww. That's why he stopped playing. Because Peyton would probably ended up at Ole Miss throwing passes to his older brother had Cooper not been hurt after I think his freshman year at Ole Miss. Also a great athlete, wow. but couldn't keep playing because I want to say spinal stenosis and maybe a, a spine bruise uh, was oh part gosh. of the issue while he was at Ole Miss. But really funny guy, really funny family. We're going to have some fun. When we come back. We're going to talk about our interest level in the NBA Finals and get into some other big stories that are out there. That's coming up next. This is Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow.